You've read the books. You've learned the rules. You've played the games. And so is your mom. Just making sure you're paying attention. Now, it's time for something completely off base. From the same guys who haven't done anything exciting yet are the Paladins of Podcast, Rob and Potato. Listen in as they talk about all things related to pen and paper games, challenge rules, and go off script. This is the high fantasy commentary you didn't ask for, but your mom did. (laughs) This is the Epic Table Audio Show. Welcome to the Epic Table Games Audio Show. With the Paladins of Podcasts, Rob and Potato. What is up, Potato? How's it going, man? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm going to get a new phone in a little bit. You probably should. Your thing is outdated like crap. It's only like, what, five years maybe? <laughs> yeah, technology changes quicker than that. But we are not a technology audio show. <laughs> we are going to cover one of the most ridiculous things that we could think of today. You want to know what it is? <laughs> Bring it on me. We're going to answer 100 warm-up role-playing questions for players that you can use to further <laughs> develop your characters. Sponsored, not at all. It's just hosted on dndspeak.com. Check them out. They got a lot of fun stuff. A lot of lists, oh. a lot of generators. Um, you know, it's really a neat thing. You can check out their Patreon. Maybe one day they're going to see this old thing and go like, God, epic games audio show quality sucks it might (laughs) but we're answering your questions let's do it so here's how it's gonna roll i'm gonna ask one question potato's gonna answer potato will ask the next question and i will answer all right right. in fact i think true sense of tabletop role-playing games we should absolutely roll initiative what do you think about that <laughs> roll initiative huh yes sir now we don't usually play or roll so i'll use my dice roller app yeah i will as well okay we're gonna go 1d20 roll and you know what i'm gonna say i'm super quick witted so i'm gonna have a skill bonus of 32 <laughs> Well, it's crazy that you got such a high bonus when this form of initiative is actually like golf. The lower number is the better number. Yeah, but the higher number always <laughs> goes first. Go ahead and beat my 42, bro. <laughs> oh, I got an eight. <laughs> Did you add any bonuses? <laughs> no, why would I? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here we go. Number one, if your character wasn't an adventurer, what livelihood would they lead? Ooh, if they weren't an adventurer, my character would be a uh, traveling merchant. Uh, I, I'd make that uh, more of a... Hmm. No, that's that's still a bit of an adventurer there. I like being an adventurer. That's a hard question to answer. Yeah, the question is... He'd be, be part of the Thieves Guild. No, we talked about that last <laughs> time. Stop doing the No Thieves Guild. I'm a thief of the Thieves Guild. They're super secretive. <laughs> All right, how about this? How about a retired paraplegic? All right, you lost all your limbs in some spelunking cave accident, and your party barely got you back here, and you had to retire. What would you be doing besides complaining? <laughs> I, 
I would have to consult uh, the great oracle and become a cleric. All right. So that's fair enough. <laughs> you have to come to me since I can't move. And I'll just say some jibber jabber words and heal you. Jibber jabber. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's keep rolling. Let's see. Uh, who in the party would your character trust the most with their life? So this is really simple. All of my characters would trust whoever had my back. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a simple mean, one. It's, it's going to be super simple. It's effective. The fact is, if you're saving my character's backside, I'm going to trust that you're going to continue to do so. And when I play an adventurer, they are hardcore adventurer. They don't right. settle down in towns. We do murder hobo sometimes, but... Yeah. We don't settle down. All right. <laughs> um, so I know that this one's pretty specific to specific characters, but what is your character's core moral beliefs? I think we all play pretty close mm. to two different character types. Those that we wish we were and those that are an exemplified version of who we think we are. Right. Um, now, my character's core beliefs uh, would be to essentially live by the golden rule treat others the way um you want to be treated yeah um and be nice to elders other than that he's gonna be very chaotic okay that's fair (laughs) that's fair next up let's see what relationship does your character have with their parents and siblings dark and broody all the time i don't have parents or siblings you ate them didn't you I, you know what? That might have been Thal's M.O. And I keep talking about <laughs> him so often that people are just going to recognize the name Thal with my stories and he's going to have a larger reputation than I do. This is now the Thal and Potato audio show. I really don't want to go that route. <laughs> uh, so what does your character have any biases for or against certain races? Ooh, okay, all right. He, uh... If we're going to lean on Pathfinder 1st Edition, I will say that he has a a disgust with lizard folk and rat folk. He doesn't like goblins and other little guys like that. Um, What happened to the treat people how you like to be treated? Oh, he was still treating them the way he'd want to be treated. It's just very easy for him to get triggered by them. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's absolutely fair see uh does your character have any bi- oh that was that was yours no we're on question six yeah all right what is your character's opinion on nobility on authority so as i stated i think that everybody has two character types that they play those that they wish they were or yep. those that they feel is an exemplified version of themselves and it just so happens to be that my personal opinion on nobility and on royalty is that they're just roadblocks to the ultimate goal. And most <laughs> of my characters feel the same way. Um, how about you describe the current appearance, clothes, armor, scars that they picked up along their journey? That one's kind of difficult, but Ooh. you do have a few character ideas that you want to bring to the table soon. So why don't yeah. you, you know, tell us about one of them uh, based off of this question. All right. Um, let's see. So. All right. Uh, one character that I, I would like to describe to you then would be, uh, Kagik Wolfcowl. His name is Wolfcowl because he has a wolf's pelt headdress. 
and with leather armor sprawled with bone splint mail and whatnot. He's a true to form barbarian. Um, let's see. Scars. Uh, the full left side of his face is actually burnt from a uh, forest fire. I bet that hurts. Yep, yep. And that was actually one of the reasons why he was able to get the uh, the wolf cowl headdress because he was actually raised by wolves. And that how's, wolf, that, how's that even equate right now? Because the wolf cowl was his uh, wolf mother who died in the forest fire. So he, he took it, you yeah, know, that's, after that's she deep. died. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What location encountered in the campaign has your character felt the most at home in or just generally liked the most? Uh, so one of my favorite, I'll just do that. One of my favorite situations was in your game where I was playing my reincarnated Thull and it was a wrestling match between talking bears and a <laughs> city in a big tree. Yeah, that was so great. <laughs> that was ridiculous. It was fun. It was fast paced. A lot of quick rolls. I really liked that the most. Huh, thank uh, you. Not a problem. What deity, if any, does your character worship and what's their opinion on other people's worships? Uh, all right. So... Hmm. Deity that he'd worship will be um, none. He, he believes more in actions of what people make and how it shaped the world. Um, he, he does have a good reverence toward nature, at least, but he's not like a druid in that sense. Um, and when it comes to how other people's worship, it, it's, it's whatever suits themselves. You know, he doesn't really care what you worship. As long as it doesn't hurt him. Um, if your character had time to pick up any artisan's tools, game sets, instruments, etc., what would it be? I'm going to keep rolling with Thull here, and I assume for an artisan's tools, he would probably pick up a, um, a set of chef's tools. <laughs> and that would be so he could fillet and eat his meat without being so barbarian-esque. I, I sound way more serious than what it is. He would just rip into it. He wouldn't be an artist by any means. Yeah, he, he would have the chef knife, but it'll be never, it'll never get touched. Right. I mean, his art <laughs> is war. So whatever tool there, I mean, like, like he, he could paint a mountain with a grenade launcher. That's the kind of art that Thal would do. So he <laughs> is really interested in the art of war. So, all right. All right. All right. Um, so, Describe your character's current relationship with the player sitting to your right. Now, I love this question because huh. I am technically and physically to your right. Yeah. Hmm. And what I want to do is after you answer this, I want to move on to some other fun topics. I mean, these 100 questions are going to be ridiculous. I don't even know how far we are anymore. <laughs> but uh, let's see. My character's relationship with with the player to my right. The fact is, is that you love me enough to stay in this freaking audio show. Yeah, I mean, I don't think my character knows that you even exist since you're a player. <laughs> That's insulting, Potato. That's insulting. Now, but, if it was your character, maybe I can you know discuss about relationship. But yeah, we both know he wouldn't like Thal. I mean, very few <laughs> people like player characters don't like Thal. Players like Thal. Right. Right. So yeah. That's how that one goes. Um, actually want to talk about a few other things not just answer those questions it was just a fun way to kind of start the game um our audio show here we've talked about talking about traps 
Yes. And one of the questions I asked in a Facebook group was, what sort of things should we talk about? And traps was really the only answer that came up, primarily because only one person answered. So we're going to do him a service. And we're going to talk about some traps. In a service we shall. Yeah. Um, so before we really get into it, I've been dying to tell this story because I absolutely love this ridiculous trap. This trap is two traps. Right, right, right. So in one room... Did you give, hold on, did you give this trap a name? No, I don't think so. I think it deserves a name. Go on. All right. So here's the setup. In one room, the party enters and the door closes behind them. There's no disconcernable exit once the door closes. There is two items in the room. There is a single pull lever switch, and there is a staff six feet long that is currently bolted to the wall. All right. Simple enough. This trap, you pull the lever, it releases boulders from right overhead, releases the staff, and the next secret door opens and allows you to enter the next room. All right. And then if the, you survived. Yeah, if you survived, you should be able to survive. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of falling rocks over the lever. You're good. The staff is six feet long. Most people take the staff and go into the next room. Yeah, you'd be smart to do so. Right. In the next room, the setup's the same. You enter the room, the door closes behind you with no disconcernable exit. You now have a staff, and in front of you lays a single floor lever switch. Most people say, you know what? I am not going to pull or push this switch by hand. It's the same room. It's the same room. <laughs> I'm going to do it with a six-foot staff. Right. So the trap is... Because they use the six-foot staff, there's a ring of rocks six feet away that falls. And I have it marked on the map that I give my players when they go through this uh, small campaign. It is my favorite trap. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's funny. It's not meant to kill or maim. It's just stupid fun. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of players can take that as, oh, well, you're not doing this fairly. You're mad at us. trying to punish us. But if you already have it, you know, noted right there on the map after the fact that they've already went through it, well, then it just cements how genius that trap is. Absolutely, and truthfully, I've even sent you through that through that dungeon uh -huh. where I had that trap, and, and I was like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> right, and he's like, "Potato says, oh my god, it's ridiculous." I'm like, "I know, but I already had it written down." <laughs> and one of our other players says, "No, no, you didn't." I said, "Uh huh." And so I showed him, and I guarantee you, there it was, written down on the map. <laughs> Ring of rocks, six feet from Switch. <laughs> I love that stupid, ridiculous trap. Oh, um, yeah. it's, it's, like I said, simple, it's fun, and it's something that I would love to see other people do. And so talking about traps, I know that we look at the idea of traps that are meant to kill or meant to uh, maim. I yeah. mean, a lot of Grimtooth traps that came in really popular in early D&D days of uh i want to say i know that for a fact that they were in three five i think some of them started earlier okay um but a lot of these traps like i said were meant to destroy characters but what about traps that aren't 
What about fun, dumb traps that are slightly puzzlish? What kind of things do you have? Because you have made very interesting traps and things that are more like tricks than traps. Yeah, you see, now, with, with me, I feel usually a trap is just a puzzle. You can have puzzles that are separate. You can have traps that are separate. But usually a trap is a puzzle that you're either going to solve or get punished for it. Then there are the trick traps that is just meant to get you regardless of what you're going to do because I want to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one trap that I made in a monastery where there was a uh, two rows of statues. One statue was tilted in a certain direction toward the front of the room that you're walking in. And... At the end of the room was a throne, and above it, a large gong. And the gong was super polished and shiny. Well, after you would inspect the room and whatnot, you would push the throne after you see that it's on these tracks. After you push the throne, the gong would come down. And you see that from the light coming in from behind you will shine off from this mirror gong. And then you have to play mirror reflection with the statues after you've seen that it's bouncing off the one that's tilted in front of it. There's a plaque that's also like a mirror. And if you do the wrong orientation, you get hit by magic missiles. <laughs> how, do you, uh, how do you determine what's wrong orientation? Well, that, that's where the puzzle part kind of comes in. Um, I had a determined, um, like a, like not a sentence, but a list of symbols and it will be discernible by the person of that's, uh, been statued. You know, this guy's virtue is all about, um, harmony. So you find the symbol, the symbol that means harmony and then, all right, well, that's him. He's pointing that way. So you got to go across the room all right, facing that direction. So he's lining up with the symbol. And go on from there. Now, if you found one that said loyalty, but you turn them over to where the statue is looking at, um, uh, you know, a different symbol other than loyalty, then, you know, sure. game of operation, you, you just got hit by a so bunch of damage. They just rolled for that? They rolled to get it right? They rolled to get it right? No, no. Well, what I wanted them to do was to roll knowledge checks, at least, mm-hmm. to kind of figure out what's what. And then they would just kind of play detective. I want the puzzle, the trap to be just under a roll or a series of rolls. But I realized when I made this puzzle and this trap, as soon as I told them what's what, they're not kindergarten. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not kindergartners. They're like, oh, well, boom, boom, boom. We got it. And they, ah, all right. I got right. I got to fine tune that a bit better. <laughs> right. right. But the initial mess up, it almost killed my uh, brother, Sean, who was playing at that time, almost killed him one shot. So mm-hmm. really had the consequence there. But it felt like as soon as I gave you the information you needed, it was spoon-fed. So the trap got basically disarmed in that instant. Right, right. I remember I had a trap room that the room was full of bear traps. All right. that That's a very original trap. You Give respect to the bear trap, you know? The bear traps weren't the trap. Oh, there wasn't the trap, though? No. <laughs> no. So the bear traps were there... For the bear that was trapped in the ceiling. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the idea in this trap is that 
The players enter the room, and it's full of bear traps. All right. You don't want to fall in a bear trap, so you're making your reflex or acrobatic saves around to not get hit. The trigger for the trap door in the ceiling that drops the bear is on one of the available squares. <laughs> so literally trying to avoid the traps for the bear, you set off the actual trap. Which is the bear. Which is the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yep. Another trap that I have uh, that I also really enjoy. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> notice that most of the traps I'm going to talk about in this game, or not in this game, but in this particular show, are going to be fun, stupid traps. Yeah, and and you know more about traps than I do. I'm still very green to it. Um, you know, I, I've played in a few. I've definitely DM'd only a couple. So I love traps because I think they're underutilized. Yes. A lot of players hate traps because they think it's not real combat. Yeah. But traps eat up resources all the same. That, that's the idea, you yeah. know. Oh, we're about to get into this boss fight. Let me whittle you down a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So another trap that I really like to run is... Um, However, you say, um, geese, G-E-A-S, yeah. Gaeas, Gaeas. Geese. Yep, it depends on who you are. One of those weird words. Yeah. Um, and if I correctly, that's the one where it's like, you have to do this mission or else you're going to get like negative levels or something, right? Negative to something, yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, a highly it, compelled issue. It's Pathfinder's mechanic of railroading the safe way. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little bit. So you can actually put this spell in particular in a trap via something like uh, trigger word etc or uh, another trigger action and I love putting it in the middle of a dungeon or towards the end where it tells you to go back and get something shiny and valuable so you so you are compelled to go all the way back through the dungeon <laughs> <laughs> to the beginning before you get to the final final finishing point because it's just a small little stupid failsafe. Yeah, you know what? Talking about that reminds me of something that I've read um, a while back. It was a dungeon full of um, haunts and spirits and other you know creatures incorporeal they really yeah. can't hit. A challenge for a lot of players. Yeah, absolutely. They finally get to this one room that had a, a head of a, a fallen dwarf. He, okay. He was some like legendary dwarf or whatever. And the head starts talking. Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. You give me my revenge and I'll sleep forever. This and that. Get this wonderful weapon from this giant who killed me. Geese. So now you got to travel all the way back through the, all these ghosts and spirits that have respawned because they're ghosts and spirits. Yeah. Just to get to the other side, where all I had to do is go through the door behind the head where the giant was the entire time. <laughs> nice. Nice. All you had to do is go that way, but no, I was go all the way around because right. of geese. Right. And that, that's just it. Players look at it and they're like, well, I can keep pushing forward and I can take this penalty or right. I can just go ahead and go back, do what I know that I can do and take the long road. So sometimes it's better to take a penalty and push forward. Yeah. Uh, that's not just a trap issue. That is a anytime in role playing issue. Just sometimes take the penalty and go forward. In fact, I think the biggest class that's absolutely famous for that is the barbarian. Oh, yeah. I mean, they will absolutely take a penalty to hit to hit harder. Exactly. <laughs> that's their bread and butter. Absolutely. So, uh, another trap that I really enjoy is the 
the pit trap. I oh. Don't, I don't mean just like the punji trap. I mean the one where the floor falls out from under you. Yes. But I don't like doing it in a scenario or area where it is easily dodgeable. I like putting it in a long, skinny hallway, and the trigger is in the middle of the floor that falls out from under exactly. you. Exactly. If you're not rolling your perception or your uh, your stone cunning, if you're a dwarf, you're not going to notice that the stone slab looks a little off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Or uh, you have it where when you finally get to the door at the other end of the hallway, you open it, and then all the party behind you falls in the pit. <laughs> I've done that too. Um, you know, in fact, another one that really was entertaining to try out was like the garbage disposal pit from Star Wars. Okay, I kind closing of, in. Yeah, I kind of meshed that together too, but you have to give them a way out. You can't just say, oh, you fall in a trap and you die. Right. That sucks. It's happened to me. But Yeah, and, and you know, traps have a lot of different variables to it. You know, kind of like yeah. I was saying, you got the trick traps, you got your fun traps, yeah. traps that you can't get out of, um, puzzles that have traps yep. or are the traps. Now... What what would be the easiest way for DM to make a trap on the fly without making it feel like they're making it on the fly? Uh, so that <laughs> that really depends on where your players are. Right. So anytime that you have a door kind of issue, you can have <laughs> boom mimic. <laughs> you, could, you could you could always go the route of a mimic, but I'm saying that with a door, if they don't see that it's trapped, like let's say they roll a a trap sense or trap finding or right. a perception check and they fail that they don't see a trap. The door is a two piece door. So it's a little thicker than normal because it has a false door in front of it hooked to a large spring. Okay. So they set it off by turning the doorknob immediately they have to make a reflex save or get smashed by the fake door as it plows into them. And, I like then, that. and then if you really want to stick it to them, absolutely hilarious, hilariously when they open the door the trap automatically resets and slams them in the back (laughs) i like that man so uh yeah the the guy that i was on facebook uh i don't remember his name and i'm sorry because i really hope he hears this episode he wanted to talk about the evolution of traps and the evolution of traps is a lot harder to talk about because you have to really recognize that some traps have staying power like your punji pits your Acid pits, your yeah. general pits, your pit full of a gelatinous cube. Because your sarlacc pit. I mean, you want to hear a joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go your for it. mama is so fat that she fell in the sarlacc pit and it choked and died. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, the uh, yo mama joke of the audio show. Every episode after this will have at least one yo mama joke. Will Listen you, in for it. Will you stop making promises that we have no <laughs> intentions on delivering. So, uh, yeah, the evolution of traps is is really difficult. I think what really changed the entire trap game, like I mentioned earlier, was Grimtooth's traps. And while I like traps that are fun and ridiculous. Grimtooth's traps were meant to disarm, disable, and just destroy, like, death all the time. Right. And it follows along with old-school Gary Gygax games, especially things like the Tomb of Horrors, where they're just player killers. That's their intention. That is their purpose. There's their point. And they are obnoxiously good at it. Yeah. Um, 
getting a, I think that's what really soured the people's opinions on traps actually is a lot of them were just devastating and crappy. Right. Um, to look at an evolution on that, it's finding the traps that are a little bit more entertaining or a little bit more fun or lighthearted or things that make you pause and sigh of relief when nothing happens. Right. Right. I think, I think that's the evolution that started off realistically hardcore traps worse than Indiana Jones traps. And then as time went on, it got more lighthearted, more ways to get out of it, more ways to notice it. Um, traps that are just more fun, little laughs and giggles, not like, oh, come on, uh, I'm, I'm out of this game. I'm not going to see you next week sort of thing. Right, right. And that's, like I so that's, and I've been advocating why I like fun traps. Uh, another fun trap idea. Next to a door that's closed and locked yeah. is a empty square uh, like a stone is missing magical darkness is permanent on that void so you cannot see into it you can't see anything other than it's dark as heck and we don't stick our hands into dark holes is that that sounds like Pavlov's dog in a little bit like, do you know what's in there <laughs> generally because you can't see so you gotta take the chance right you stick your hand in you feel find what feels like a small leather uh, handle and as you try to pull it out the door unlatches and swings open freely not a trap just a deceiving moment yes the the deceiving tricks are great yes because they don't have to be traps right they think it's a trap but it's nothing but a red herring you know I got you go to the next room see what's in there no I don't want to go in there (laughs) right so I've talked about the the two levers, yep. which I think is absolutely fun. That entire dungeon that I made is literally, I like to run it around Halloween, which is coming up soon. Oh, yeah, it is. In a few months. Uh, so that means... Right I'm, around the corner. I'm probably going to run it again for somebody, maybe some <laughs> new players. Um, what I do is I give everybody the same map. I don't reprint the map. I give them the same map that other players have written notes on as if this map has been handed down nonstop. (laughs) I like that. And eventually the handwriting becomes really hard to read. And that's truthfully, I told you about the bear traps in the bear trap room. (laughs) I've been running the dungeon for so long, nobody's fed the bear. So it's just a dead bear now. (laughs) And I let it roll. You know, if, if a necromancer ever rolls through the dead bear, bear trap, bear trap room, (laughs) And they can bring back the skeleton bear. The skeleton bear will be up there. Not a big deal. Um, but I had one <laughs> one instance where there <laughs> there was a a big glass bubble hanging from the ceiling. All right. And that glass bubble was full of a liquid of sorts and inside of that bubble was valuable materials gems rings etc you know you could see when you said like casted um detect magic right. you know the whole thing just glowed it was really enticing right all you had to do was break the glass bubble well, when you break the glass bubble and it falls, it looks like a gelatinous cube. <laughs> By all definition, 
it is a gelatinous like cube (laughs) (laughs) but not an enemy it is not an enemy it is actually just jello no, it's cherry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they can they they can dive in and anything and, and get the tra- and get the treasure, which is cool. But it looks like a gelatinous right. cube, and because it has jello doesn't naturally retain its shape as a square, right? Uh, at at a large size of any means, so it had to retain its shape, which is why it gave off any sort of magical aura. So they're like, oh, cool. The items were magical, were they? The the items were magical. Oh, they were? Okay. They were. Because it alludes to the other trap that looks the exact same with a real gelatinous cube. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm getting a theme from your traps. (laughs) They're ridiculous. I know. I know, but they're fun. You you like to do uh re- like a twofer repeating part, but it's different to really screw you over a bit more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I never designed them to kill my party. I you know it's, right. it's one of those things. There was at the end of this dungeon I'm talking about, we had one trap, and oh my god, it's absolutely ridiculous in its simplicity. There is another trigger. So when you're the the end room is you're standing in front of an altar and in front of that altar well let me let me step back in front of that altar is a uh, a small step a chest in front of it all right the chest is not locked it's open but it's empty the altar is made out of gold and it looks like it's burnt to crisp behind the altar there's a large dragon sculpture okay and it looks like it's biting or trying to eat something, not like it's going to unleash a breath weapon. So a lot of times when you look at that, because it's singed and everything, and it's like people are probably sacrificing people in order to... Move um, on. To try to move on. Uh, And that's what it's supposed to look like. There's the room that you entered, the altar room. And then there's a small room adjacent to that that you can just enter. And... Inside this room, there is another chest, and this chest is a trap. <laughs> all right, all right. This chest, this chest is a locked chest, and the unlock word to open the chest tells you the content is the contents of what's in the chest. Hmm. So it's labeled in dwarven. It says rats, and somebody's <laughs> like, "Oh, it says rats." It pops open, and out <laughs> pops a swarm of rats. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. And yet funny. So the idea here is that this trap actually is what you need. You kill the swarm, <laughs> take some rats, and go put it on the altar. To to be burnt and, and lay you through. Feed, and to quote unquote feed the dragon. I can see some people killing the rats and still be like, all right, Jerry, you got to get in there. You got to get burnt. <laughs> That's what they did last time I read it. And we just <laughs> you, had to call it You got it rats up. right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, I don't give them any hints. Like, I, I have before. Like, oh, it's covered in like bits of furish like hair. And that's uh, how I kind of describe the rats and they still don't get it. I mean, people are conditioned in such a way that it can be hard to persuade them to move on from conditional thinking. That's true. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It really so, is. And it really, that's how they're taking the information you're giving, how they're processing it, how they're imagining it. And it's really hard to think outside the box when 
you don't have everything that you thought you had or vice versa. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I hope that really kind of gives everybody a, a new idea or some fun ideas on traps. I got another one. I want to hear it. So your your trap dungeon was all about, you know, Halloween setting. You know, yeah. Around that time, that's when you do it right. Yep. I got one for Christmas. This is another one that I've, I've actually listened to in a uh, an actual play podcast. I'm not going to name, name, drop the name right now, but this dungeon was actually reenacting the first three movies of Home Alone. What? The players had to go through this makeshift Rube Goldberg trap deal trying to get a little goblin who has their stuff. Really? <laughs> it was great. And the best thing about it is every trap that went off wasn't... The, the, the traps that went off was never anything super damaging. There was never traps that killed a player. What it did most of the time was decrease their AC by damaging their dexterity because most of the traps would hit them square in the nuts. That's fun. That's <laughs> fun. That is really funny. Oh, you got hit. You didn't get your re- reflex save, so that's two minus down on your dexterity now. Funny. <laughs> funny. As, as you talk about this, it really makes me wonder, and I'll equate this to the movie, is you would think in the movie Home Alone that the wet bandits <laughs> would have just left. Why were they so dead set on keep going on? Right. Which is very, very telling of your typical D&D party. <laughs> they don't generally just decide to leave. They never do. Never. When, <laughs> when if you think about it, it's our job as a DM to convince them to stay. But yeah. if they're adamant about leaving, you can let them leave. Right. And I've done it before. I've been in a party where like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this dungeon, guys. Let's go do something else. Right, and right. We did. The DM was like, "Dang it! Why are we doing? God, why do I put so much effort into this?" You think you walked out of the dungeon, but then the stairs become a slide, and you slide back into the dungeon again. <laughs> yeah, there are people who do that too. I can see that. Oh my gosh, dude! You, you want to go, but choo choo! <laughs> All aboard! Right. Yeah. I spent two days working on this dungeon. <laughs> right, and you know that's something that we didn't talk about in our world building super in depth episode was uh the amount of time that we put into world building yeah you know you look at i spent two or three days in it it's going to happen right i mean lighten up bro it's yeah, just a game exactly <laughs> you, you got got roll with the punches bob and weave especially when you're a dm absolutely what in fact what do you think is probably one of your worst player interactions as a dm Ooh, worst player interactions as a dm if it is me i am sorry but i'm more than willing to laugh at the story <laughs> um <laughs> I don't want to call this as the worst, but I think this was the most ridiculous. I'm like, why are you doing this moment? And it is with you. Is this where I killed the giant? No. No, that's that's another close one. Okay. You know, I might I'll talk about that one too. Why not? We got the time for it. But uh it was a, a part in the game where you want to test out a new character you've been making. He was an illusionist. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. I didn't like the character. Yeah, he didn't like him so much. But uh, we were going into this tavern to talk to uh, another player's brother for information. Oh, I do remember that. And he wanted the other guys of the party to, like, 
grab his brother, scuff him up, whatever, because he didn't like him that much. The brother didn't like the character too much. But then your illusionist, what what spell did he cast? I don't remember, but uh, I want to say it was something close to like Phantasmal Killer. Yeah, it was like Phantasmal that. Killer. He he failed to save. He was gonna die, <laughs> and I had a I had a shoehorn my own little thing, make sure he didn't die because he needed to give information. Scared to death, he told you everything that he knew, <laughs> and even even the player is like, "Why did he do that? We're this close." <laughs> guarantee we got that information <laughs> and in my head i'm like okay all right and then when he told me they didn't like him that much i'm like thank goodness because i couldn't imagine you phantasmal killing every npc we talked to <laughs> and i thought that's what you're gonna do <laughs> i totally would have <laughs> oh information you say well prepare to get scared of the thing that you scared of the most <laughs> these are absolute 100 plausible tactics potato. oh for sure they, they are they are but as a dm it's like why are you doing this to me? Because interrogation 101 says I can't. <laughs> Waterboard him! <laughs> you know, if I, if I didn't have to make a grapple check to do that, I might have. Uh, another instance. Uh, it's another me thing. Another another you thing. You're the one that brought it up. I kind of forgot about it. Uh, but that's right. I killed the giant. You killed the giant. It was uh, a, a dark valley, and they're walking through, and they spot a giant woman getting attacked by a group of paratons. Now, when you say giant woman, I want to clarify that we're not talking about a medium-sized creature who just happens to be extremely overweight. We're talking no. about a actual a, 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 a female Jotun. Okay. Yes. Female giant. Yes, a female giant. Mm-hmm. She's getting attacked by these paratons. She's losing the now, fight. She's screaming out for help. Now, hold on. The paratons are like griffins, right? Yep. The paratons are these like uh, stag wolves with wings they're pretty crazy creatures okay. one of the one of the original creatures made in the uh, first D actually um so they're they're og and they're kind of underrated um but yeah she's screaming out for help and the party runs up to go assist but what does thal do take her out of her misery uh, uh, Yo, a a damsel <laughs> Yo, in distress if, if anybody from my old party critted her face in are <laughs> listening she couldn't be saved killing the paratons would have saved her <laughs> which you guys did the very next round <laughs> and she was gonna help you into the society of giants that you guys walked down there later on which was supposed to be a lot harder of an encounter because you guys are small folk she was going to be your helping guide. I'm like, oh, she's, these guys saved me, but you didn't save her. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to change this. Uh, I don't know what to do. My, I'm sweating. My brow's all draining on my face. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. Actually, I love <laughs> that you bring that up. Because I was panicking. Like, man. <laughs> so here's, here's a really neat thing. And I like to tell a lot of people this. If you make a mistake or screw up, just keep rolling with it because your players don't know. Exactly. That's the thing. That's what I should have done. So as as a quick helpful tint, if something goes wrong, don't give up. Keep pushing forward. Your players don't know. And blame it on Rob. Please don't. <laughs> so but yeah, that's definitely a great lesson that I learned is just keep rolling. If they don't know what's going on behind the curtain, don't part the curtain for them. Right. Absolutely. Don't nice. part that kimono if you don't need to spread that leg out, if you know what I mean. So Speaking of uh, pulling back that curtain, this is something I've had to tell you nonstop. 
yeah. because you get super excited. You want to tell me what's uh, going on. And I'm like, dude, Potato, stop telling me <laughs> about what's going on behind the scenes, man. I want to play the game. I don't want to hear the story. Yeah. I want to be in it when it happens. I don't want to know beforehand. That kind of leans back into the last episode of the world building. A little you know, bit. You get so much passion into it. You get all these great ideas like, man, I'm so stoked. I really want to tell these guys, but... They're not at the moment where they find out themselves. I want to tell them. They're right. already past it. How can I tell them now? Right. Yeah. And then you it's, get into the railroading because you want to move on to the next cool thing. Yeah, pretty much. You right. know, like, I want to get to chapter three. Why are we over here behind the back of the book? <laughs> right. Right. I absolutely understand. Uh, it's tough. And that's definitely something that I learned. I definitely think I'm a better DM because of those experiences. Yeah. And as you DM more... um, it becomes easier to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'll see that a lot of times, I've told you many times as well, that you don't have to pre-plan everything. No. Just, you can roll from the hip a little bit. You can. It's about being flexible and rolling with those punches. Yep. And developing that ability and skill takes time, practice, and a party that really is just easygoing and can manage anything. Yeah. So, Cool. I think that really wraps up what we got going on here. I was taking another look at this. Uh, oh, the hundred questions. Yeah, and as I'm, I'm just gonna check out their generators. And uh, dwarven insult sounds like a good way to close this episode. Dwarven out. insults, amazing. D and D speak. I never heard of this before until today. This is awesome. You foul slack sorted goblin lover. Slack sworded at savage. I love it. <laughs> Did I say sworded too? You said sworded. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you did. Wow. That's why I had to repeat it. Wow. Slack sworded. Got it. Wow. Oh, here's another one. You smelly poetry reading chamber pot. How dare you? <laughs> you hideous small nosed cretin. <laughs> you foul balding cretin. Oh, for a dwarf. That's a big one. It is. And these are definitely uh, dwarven. Yeah. You foul brain rotted rust bucket <laughs> wow seriously it's that's that's pretty neat man yeah is there any other insult generators or just dwarven uh, it looks like it's just the dwarven insult generator huh. we got books hags potions and taverns that's really neat i feel we could definitely help these guys out with orc insults you know your mother smells like a bed of roses how dare you talk my mother like that? <laughs> I don't think orcs generally talk in general. They just they, they just guitarly scream their anger. They are like the rock bands of the D&D world. So, all right, guys. Look, we're going to call it there. I know it's going to be an abrupt end for some of you, but it is getting late for us. Yeah, and, it's getting late over here in Michigan. And we kind of touched on all of our topics. So, yeah. Check us out on Facebook at Epic Table Games. Epic Table Games. Yeah, we're getting tired, everybody. I can't talk right now. Epic or, Table Games. That's right. <laughs> or check us out at epictablegames.com to join that's our right. play by post communities, the other growing community. Check out some of the products we're coming up. I don't think I've mentioned this before, but we did get our dungeon tile um commercial license for the open lock system perfect and we're starting to build those out now um manufacturing stopped on that because we had a printer issue but now that that is solved we should be back in business quickly that's right if you want to get your goods head on to the website awesome we'll catch you guys later see you
Yeah, yeah, yeah.